I needed that. Did you guys need that? Our Savior. Man. So, uh, I didn't, yeah. We're going to move into the Word. How about that? Um, invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, we're in this series on discipleship and where clearly we can't see the signs. Um, but uh, sorry, pun intended. <laughs> Thank you. So there's supposed to be an eye chart here and an eye chart there. Um, and uh, I, I have in my hand, um, last week we talked about what does it mean to follow Jesus, that a follower is, is to be like Jesus, and a follower is the fish for men. Um, and this week we're going to keep going with this theme of discipleship. We're going to focus on uh, multiplication. And um, I have in my hand these old-fashioned uh, optometrist lenses. So they created these kits. There's 228 lenses, I think, per kit. And, and what they would go is go around city, countryside, and, and it's just like today, if you go to the optometrist, anybody been to the optometrist? How many people have been to the eye doctor, right? This one or this one, right? This one, that one. Clearer, blurry, better, worse, right? ad nauseum, and it just keeps going and going. I remember the first time I did this, I was so fed up about quit, and then I realized, oh, this is for me. Uh, um, I can't imagine a tech doing this all day long. This one, this one, this one. So I've got different kinds. There's, there's all kinds, 228 different kinds, and, and there's ones that are just really thin, and then there's the Coke bottle bottom things that are really thick, like really bad. Um, all to help us um, have visual acuity. And so I'm going to ask them this question, spiritually speaking. Do you have visual acuity? Do you have, is it this one? Or is it this one? Visual acuity when it comes to multiplication. Um, we're going to read some passages right at the end of Jesus' time here on earth. He'd spent three years, as we're recording, you know, as we read the account in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, spent three years with these 12 men and then a larger group of people who identified themselves as disciples, and, and we see that core group being about 120 people in Acts. So it's this group that he has been discipling, influencing, and yet it was a larger group than that. But we're going to read four different moments where Jesus, right at the end of his life, gives this command. We call it the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, it says this. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Mark records it like this. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven, 
themselves as they were reclining at the table and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they'd not believed those who saw him after he'd risen. And then he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Luke, he records it this way. Luke chapter 24 He says, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things and behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then Acts Chapter 1, verse 6, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will it you time, this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Go. And make disciples of all nations. Go as my witnesses. Go. Wait for power, but then go. 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 I want to give credit to, uh, there's a seminar that I've been listening to, a guy who who put it together, Exponential, and um, I've just been kind of immersed in that over the last year or so. Immersed so much that I don't know what's his and what's mine, so I just want to give credit up front because it's influenced. This message is influenced by him, um, and I just give credit to where credit is due. Um, Todd Wilson is the guy who's the, the leader of that. Um, what's interesting is we have these four moments here that are recorded, and then the rest of Acts is these stories of these disciples, these 11 who then add a couple more to, to be part of that core group of the apostles, but the 120, they, what, they go and they make disciples, and it's it Acts, it's story after story of them going and making disciples themselves, and then sending others to go and make disciples. And it's not just an individual thing. What we see is a corporate thing. And you see this played out in the letters too, in the letters of Ro- to Rome, in the letters to the church in Corinth and Ephesus and Galatia, and on and on and on it goes where you see this, this multiplication thing called, you know, called discipleship land on Christians as an individual and land on Christians as a local church family. And they take this thing really seriously and they go for it. The question I want to ask you is, I don't know whether you ever thought of it like this, but when you think of discipleship, do you just think discipleship this way? Or do you think of discipleship as go and, and, you know, go and just be a disciple like as in not multiplication, but it's really just about you. You just need to be discipled, but there's no teaching, there's no uh, instruction on this idea of multiplication. It's just you. You, you just be a disciple. And, and to be honest, that's a never-ending thing, right? We could, we could never scratch, begin to scratch the surface of how much we could learn about Jesus. 
in God. He is inexhaustible, right? And so there's this piece of over here of we're just constantly a disciple and, 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 and we just go to class after class and Bible study after Bible study and read and, and, and it's just us, sermon after sermon. In fact, we listen to sermons in the car. We listen. It's just nonstop this. Just be a disciple with no idea of multiplication. Is it this or, or is it this? Were, were you trained to, to be a disciple who makes disciples that make disciples? Multiplication. Did anybody ever tell you that when you started to follow Christ? Now what's going to happen is you're going you're to become a disciple of Christ. You have now become a disciple of Christ, but you now have to actually go and make disciples. It's on you. And you're going to make disciples who make disciples that make disciples. Is it this? Or is it this? This one? This one. Right? This one? This one? Which one is it? And think about it this way. Uh, what church have you been a part of forever? And, and was your church one as a church body understood discipleship to be just, just come? It's, it's a holding tank. We'll make you disciples, but... We as a church body won't multiply. It's just really kind of about us. Is it this one? Or is it, oh, wow, we're a church body and we're called to multiply. We're called to create context where this church can go and, and multiply itself and, and other churches start to grow because we've sent out and we started to multiply here and we're, we're, we're multiplying there and we're multiplying here. In fact, you don't know how many sites and how many different places that are happening because there's so many that have gone out in the history of the church. This one or this one? This one or this one? How about that one? How about this one? Which one? Which one were you discipled in? And I think some of you might think, well, Scott, you just said last week I got to go fish for people. Now you're saying I got to go multiply. What is the difference? What is this? Discipleship is the umbrella. It is the call. Evangelism happens as we do discipleship. It happens in the context of this call to make disciples. I've been wrestling with this quite a bit. Um, what does this look like? If you look in Jesus' life, you know, okay, so how do I know when I'm making disciples and what's the right context? Um, when Jesus did it, he gave this command, he says, go, and, and multiplying, go, go, go. And, and it's this idea of as you go, make disciples. Who make disciples? So when does it happen? Well, for Jesus, it happened at a wedding. It happened when he was getting some water at the drinking fountain at the well. It happened when some person uh, started having a demonic seizure right in front of him. It happened in the synagogue on the, the, the weekly rhythm of gathering together to rest and to worship God. It just happened everywhere. It happened in the cemetery. Everywhere he went, as he went, he was making disciples. There was an organic, fluid, it never stops idea. 
Is that, is that your idea of discipleship, like, like that? Or is it, oh, does it only happen if you come to that Bible study? As long as you're in a small group, a community group, I didn't finish it, Sean. As long as you're in a community group, that's discipleship, right? It's only in church-sanctioned moments that you actually are being discipled or making disciples. Is it that one or is it this one? This one or this one? Which one to you is the one that you see discipleship through and multiplication. I think Christ models this idea that it's just fluid. It happens wherever we go. Evangelism happens as we go. As we go. So let me ask you a question. Are you making disciples? Who, who are you discipling right now? <clears throat> who could you point at and say, yeah, I'm discipling them? And sometimes it's real fuzzy, right? Like, I, you just hung out with somebody. Was that discipleship? I don't know. There's moments where I look at Jesus' life and I go, is that making disciples? Like they're just eating grain, Right, going through the fields, picking grain, and all of a sudden, people are yelling at him. And he's like, all I wanted to do was eat some food. Is it discipleship in that moment? Perhaps. Are you making disciples? Jesus went and picked some people deliberately and said, hey, would you follow me? I'm going to invest in you. So there is a fluid sense, there is a deliberate sense where he was deliberately choosing some people to pour into and say, now I'm going to teach you this stuff and then you're going to go and do this thing and you're going to multiply and you're going to do it to somebody else and then they're going to do it to somebody else. There's a very intentional piece of this thing. So some of it's as life comes, some of it's very, I would say specific and deliberate. Are you discipling anybody? Who, who do you disciple? Uh, I mean, I, I imagine if your parents, your, your kids, number one priority, discipling them through life, they're watching. And, and discipleship is something that, that's a fluid piece. It, there's something that's caught and there's something that's taught, right? There, there, there's both elements. And, and when do those happen? I don't know. Because sometimes in a class, when you think you're teaching everything, nobody's listening, but they're catching something. It has nothing to do with what you're teaching, but they caught it. And sometimes it's caught and sometimes it's taught. But are you discipling your kids? Parents, have we ever thought of it this way? Like... Look, I'm, I'm going to pass this on to you, but then you're going to pass this on to somebody else. And, and, and parents, I, I imagine you are probably with me. You feel that urgency, right? Uh, that urgency that's like, oh my goodness, this, this window closes really quick until they're launched. Church, as, as a church body, are we discipling our kids? 
Because when you hear how many kids walk away from their faith, this window right here of, of discipleship, a multiplication, is so critical. It is. I think we underestimate it because as adults, we're like, we're going to be here forever. Right? These kids have a short window. Very short window. And it's often one-sided because it's us pouring in. But it's a church family. I mean, there's a corporate sense when you read through the word. There's a corporate sense when God spoke to them in Deuteronomy chapter 5 to Israel. says, y'all do this. Y'all do this for my children that, call, that are called by my name. I want you to raise them up. I want you to teach them. Oh, as you do this, as you do life, as you... There's a corporate responsibility. And sometimes in the day-to-day thing, we think, ah... Uh, what are we accomplishing? I, I, I'll never forget. There, there's one moment I remember in third grade. It's, it's to this day. I still remember it. It's, it's one of those moments. I, can't, I don't remember anything that people taught me in Sunday school. But I caught this. And it was the moment, I think it was in third or fourth grade. It was at first free. Uh, I was in a class of all boys. We were put down into this dark, dank windowless room in the basement of the church and uh our teacher i I can't remember his name i I remember he has a beard he had the kindest eyes he was the kindest man and our teacher unwisely left the room and um and scott penner i remember scott uh, scott was like my best friend uh, at church there and uh, there was a bunch of guys we all ran together we it was a fun class and uh, we had a little space heater uh, a little with the red coils right and I looked at Scott and I go, we should roll up a bulletin and smoke it. <laughs> and Scott's like, okay, we're, we're third graders. So I roll up this little bulletin and, and stick it in the coil. We light it on fire and then I smoke it. And I just immediately start coughing like crazy because I've never smoked a cigarette. I don't know how to smoke. So I just inhale all the smoke. I'm on the floor coughing. Everybody else is laughing. And then Scott, he does it. And he's coughing and his tears are coming down. Pretty soon the whole, all the kids are going, all the boys are going around the room smoking this bulletin. And the room is filled with smoke. There's no fire alarm. You know, this is back, way back when they didn't invent those yet. And there's no fire alarm. So our teacher finally comes into the room. You could barely see across. It was only like a 15 by 15 room. You could barely see across the other wall. He comes in and he's like, what? <laughs> His eyes get really big. We're all, we're all dying between his smoke inhalation and laughing so hard as little third grade boys. And he's like, he just looks. He's trying to assess, <laughs> do I have a whole room on fire or what is going on? And I'll never remember this. I'll never forget this moment. This is a moment I I just caught forever. You know what he did? He just started laughing. He said, unplug the heater and put out the bulletin. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget it because in that moment, I caught something about Jesus. I caught this idea that Jesus knows when to laugh. It's just a bunch of third graders. And, and you know, as a dad, I, I, I ask this all the time, what were you thinking? I don't even know why I asked that question because obviously you weren't thinking. 
the power of discipleship that's going on right now cannot be underestimated. We got people wearing orange shirts, right? This is for our children's ministry. I want you to seriously consider, if you're thinking, man, I can't teach like a theology class, I can't, you can teach kids. You can teach kids. You can disciple kids and you can multiply and you can start to put in them, hey, this is not just gonna be for you. One day you're gonna do this for other kids. You're gonna do this for other adults. And we start to put the seed in of multiplication. There's a a ministry in our church. They cycle through every six years. It's our youth ministry. What if this church cycled through all the people every six years, knowing that in six years you're going to be gone? Because that's what the youth ministry does. Get them in junior high. By a senior, they're sent off. And there's this, I've seen this cycle now, been doing this long enough to watch, watch class after class come through and, and invest and invest and start to say, hey, no, no, because this is Lynn's passion. You watch this as leadership development. It's, it's giving the ministry away to the students and they, they get to their freshman year and you start to see stuff happening in their sophomore year. Then your junior year, they're starting to like, you know, swing their elbows or using influence. They're what? They're multiplying. They're actually starting to try to make disciples reach down to the seventh graders seniors are reaching down and then they're gone and you got to start it again what if our church lived this way what if you only had six years here and then you were sent off would you do things differently knowing that in six years you're going to be launched to go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples or do we get fat and sassy right? We, we just kind of sit around and take it all in. Ah, it's so good, right? This one or this one. We're called to make disciples. Campus Crusade lives this way. It's a ministry. It's called Crew now. Um, it's a college ministry, and every four years, it's, it's student-led. It's student-led. They, they have people who raise money and are missionaries or go on missionary support or whatever to help these students, but it's, it's entirely student-led, and they cycle through their entire leadership every three to four years. It's constantly making disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Are you making disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples? We get a longer stretch as adults because then we get to move in, we get our job, we get our career, we get families, and we start thinking 20-year cycles and 30-year cycles, right, or decades. We think, ah, we got time. Are you making disciples who make disciples who make disciples? I want to tell you just some stories. I just had somebody come up this past week. This is, this is crazy what God's doing here. And I, I would say I see so many of us trying to do this. Um, we had somebody this last week came up and um, the Grassos, uh, Joe and Janet Grasso, they, they work with Samaritan's Purse. She's the one that's really helped us do the, the gifts there, the shoe boxes. But they're opening up their home here in a couple weeks there's uh, two infants or two babies that they're bringing with their moms 
from uh, Mongolia. The babies have severe medical issues, and the moms and the babies are going to live in their homes for something like six to eight weeks while they get their medical issues figured out and hopefully get healing and, and, and are able to, to walk out of the hospital whole. They're going to open up their homes. One of the families is Buddhist. The other one is the spouse is a Christian, mom's a Christian, the husband's not. That's making disciples, opening up their home. I had somebody come up who uh, knew Destiny Treatment Center is over in Doylestown, and it's a treatment center for men. And on Sundays, they offer a church service, and so the moms and, and the wives uh, bring kids and come and visit the dads, the boyfriends, the husbands, the sons at this treatment center, but they never offer anything for the women. And so uh, this gal goes to our church, approached and said, hey, what if we could do something for the women? Because a lot of those women come in and they don't know Christ. And so on Sundays, every other week, she's going to be over there ministering to these women. They're going to offer something, and guess who gets to watch the kid and spend more time with their children, right? It's the dads. It's a win because the dads get more time with their kids. It's a win because the moms get somebody to pour into. That's making disciples. It's not even on site. It counts. There's another story. Um, I think there was, there's another one I had. I'm trying to find it here. Yeah, we got a couple guys that want to, are wanting to, to do a Bible study during the week. It's hard because you you're gone all the time at night. You can't do it on Saturdays. And so they're doing a Bible study in the morning, 6.30 in the morning, I think, and Mondays, um, Tuesdays, something like that. And they're saying, hey, look, we'll do one here, but we're going to do it wherever we find people that are wanting to follow Christ. So whether it's here, whether it's at a restaurant, whether it's up in Fairlawn, whether it's in Wadsworth, whether it's down in Doyle's or uh, um, Smuckers, what's the city? Orville. Orville. Wherever it is, we want to go and make disciples who, who make disciples. That counts. And I could list thing after thing after thing, moment after moment, where people are saying, no, I, I want to make disciples. Make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. The thing I've been wrestling with even in, these past, in this past year or two years is, is our church known for, as a corporate body, making churches, multiplying ourselves? Multiplying sites. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what multiplication looks like as a corporate body. I just want you to know I'm, I'm really under conviction and wrestling through this. What does this look like to not only be a church, freshwater, where we see God multiply us in this gathering, but we see him multiply and send us? And I'm really starting to pray and fast that God sends us out, like he starts to send you out. He keeps saying, I'm, I'm here, so, but I'm praying about that. Our staff has become more and more burdened because we've even had the district office approach us. The national office has a greenhouse initiative, which is an internship program. This is a fancy word for internship program, but greenhouse sounds so much more 
relevant, cool, like it, great. But uh, they've approached us a couple years back. Why aren't you guys doing this? You guys need to do this. Freshwater has something here that is unique. There is something here that needs to be multiplied. Please, would you guys do this? And we haven't done anything about it. And yet, if you talk to Pastor Sean and Pastor Jake and Lynn and Beth and myself, there's a growing burden that we become a site a greenhouse site where we bring in young college students and we put in them over a year or two years this DNA and, and say and teach them to multiply and go and make disciples who make disciples, go and make churches who make churches. And we're praying through that. And I don't know what that looks like and I don't know when that looks like. All I'm saying is we're praying through that. Because it's a church family, too. It's not just an individual thing. Churches, we need to, if you see how many unhealthy churches out there and dying churches out there, there needs to be ones planted that are healthy. In the U.S., in the world, are you making disciples who make disciples? Do you see this? Do you have the focus on this or is it blurry? Is it unclear? Ask God to change your vision. Ask God to change your vision, to clear it up. We're about ready to to launch into the uh, Taste of Alpha here. I'm just going to pray. Taste of Alpha, you know, people have signed up for that. If, If you're like, oh, snap, I forgot. I think we got extra seats, um, extra, yeah, extra seats if you want to go do that. It's right after here. But that's, that's disciples making disciples who make disciples. Oh, it's after the second service. Come back. Yeah, Sloppy Joe's is on the menu. Let me pray. Jesus, um, you said go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus, would you put that, that burden on our hearts, that clarity on our hearts? Lord, that, just that extra piece of disciples who make disciples rather than just disciples who just forever don't make disciples. Call us, Lord. Spur us towards you. No one else can push us like you can. Amen. Amen.